What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Um, today I'm here with another one of my favorite people in the world, Jared Billups. Introduce yourself, Jared Billups. I'm Jared Billups. Hey. <laughs> hey. One of Silas's favorite people in the world. Silas, you're one of my favorite people in the Dude, world. Thank you. Brother, honestly. Um, my name's Jared, and um, I live here in Waco. I'm a, uh, on pastoral staff at a local church um, called Highland and um, lead worship as part of my, my mm-hmm. calling. Um, I have a, a beautiful wife named Crystal. We've been married almost 17 years this mm-hmm. December and have had an amazing life so far. She's unbelievable. I outkicked my coverage mm-hmm. by a long way yeah. um, with this one. We've got three kids, um, Caroline, Claire, Cade. Caroline's 15, Claire's 14, Cade's 11. Um, they're amazing. I love being their dad. Um, there's mm-hmm. ups and downs in parenting, but it's, I mean, overall, it's just awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. And um, yeah, love my family. Love being here in Waco. Love you. Yeah. Love your family. Um, so consistent theme on this podcast, me interviewing people that I think have they're figuring out they, they figured a lot out not everything but a lot hmm. um, and specifically guys I look up to who I think these are men um, and women I want to have women on the podcast as well but these are currently men that I think other men should look up to and and follow in their footsteps um, one of those consistent themes that I've seen so far now this isn't necessarily the only thing um, but every guy that I've interviewed is married and has been married for a while and that has been that has been a very big thing for me for men that i look up to it's like if a man could be married to a woman for a very long time they have had to develop and become better men (laughs) either that or (laughs) their wives are miserable no doubt or or very patient yeah and so it's like if you if you if you are a man and if you've been married for quite a while and your wife is happy yeah you got my attention. Yeah. I, I want to know some things from you because that's um, amazing. Seriously, man. I, I don't yeah. care if you make a ton of money. Like I've seen a lot of guys who make a ton of money and I don't want to be like them. They're yeah. miserable. Yeah. You know, I've seen guys that, you know, are, are physically so fit, but you know, yeah. which is why you had me <laughs> today. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I knew that's where you were going yeah. with that. Yeah. So I wanted to Thank tie you. that in. Um, so Jared is one of those guys. He has a, a family. He's a great father, great husband. Um, and that's not just from observing outwardly. That's from talking to his, his, his wife, Crystal, um, and getting to hear her perspective as well. Um, but also one of the things that you specifically do so well is you're, you're so joyful. Hmm. And so my first question to you is, why are you so joyful? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. You know, there Gosh, how deep do you want to go right now? As deep as you want to go, man. There's a lot of earthly reasons to be joyful. I mean, um, being married brings me joy. Having kids brings me joy. Um, Leading worship brings me joy. Like, there's a lot of things that bring me joy. Like, hanging out with my son. Mm -hmm. And, like, we're we're in this this, uh, fantasy football league for the very first time. Um, this year, that's, that's bringing me like a ton of joy. Isn't mm-hmm. that funny? Like just something so small. Um, and let me stop right there too. Yeah. Because I'm not even in my answer yet. Dude, okay, I, let just me stop, stop you because what you just said is ties into a lot of what we've been talking about. 
listeners who know who heard been following i grew up without a dad don't really have an understanding or concept of what that's like and so so do so many others and you just said it brings me so much joy just to be in this dumb league yeah in my mind dumb league sorry yeah. guys i don't do fantasy football but dumb thing with your your that's because you are fantasy football <laughs> i tried to i tried to get you on my team they didn't have the uh, no, no. the german and no. austrian <laughs> players up yeah, there nobody knows about uh, so like why why is it bringing you so much joy just to do this thing with your son yeah that's i mean that's a great question it's, it's relationship you know like i've i've got this i've got this i, I tell him all the time like hey you're my best bud yeah, every night before bed, hey, you're my best bud, and and I, at some point that's probably going to be awkward because he'll probably like consider somebody else's best friend yeah. or something. I, it may already be awkward for him. I don't know, <laughs> but I just want him to remember like, like I don't, I'm your friend for life. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is so cool. Like I don't know. Some people have their mini me's, you know, like there it's a kid that's just like just like them. That's not Cade necessarily for me. Like Cade mm-hmm. probably like has more in common with Crystal, has more of her DNA, you know, stuffed inside of him than he has of my DNA. Mm-hmm. But but that almost makes it more fun for me because like, I don't know, there's just such a different perspective. So I just love having a relationship mm-hmm. with that kid, you know, and all my kids yes. for that matter, the girls as well. So you, you literally just said, I just love having a relationship. Yeah. As the heart of a father. Yeah. And Again, this theme that God is a father, a good father, not a, actually a perfect father. If you, being an imperfect father, can just love having a relationship with your son, just just that, like mm-hmm. period. Like you didn't even you didn't say, um, I love having a relationship with him because mm-hmm. he brings me my drinks. I, I love him because he yeah. is good at sports. I love him because yeah. he's. You just said. <clears throat> And you can correct me at any point if I'm wrong. You just said that you love just being in relationship with him. And I'm assuming that means just that, period. Yeah. Okay, yeah. why? I, I, I think that's what we were, why we were created, Silas. Like, I, I look back to Genesis 1 and 2 before the fall happened. Yeah. Right? And, and God gave, a, gave, gave instructions to Adam and to Eve to do some things for their joy and for the uh, the good of the earth. The things like cultivate the earth, name the animals. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things. But then, like the the aspect of the beginning of the book that I love the most is that God would come down and walk with them, mm-hmm. and and that's what it says. Like He would come down to the garden and just and and they would walk together. Yeah, and they would be. I don't know what they talked about. I don't know if they sang songs. I bet they did. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm. You know. I don't. I don't know. But like, in my mind, Adam and Eve had not done anything mm-hmm. to warrant God loving them and wanting to be in relationship. He. They were just created, yeah. and there they were. Yeah. And now here he is, in the garden, mm-hmm. and walking with them and enjoying each other. Yeah. And and I don't know that. That's all I can point to. I mean. Yeah. Cade, Cade's 11. Yeah. He hasn't done anything in his life yet where I'm like blown away, you know, because he's 11. He's done some amazing things, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, he hadn't invented anything or, yeah. or, 
or done something to where like that's why yeah i enjoy being around him he's just he's my son yeah so i had a jp on the, the podcast uh not too long ago Who's and that? uh his name is jonathan bob jonathan pakluda pakluda bob is his middle name and i was like why aren't you going by bob he sounds like a cool guy yeah <laughs> you gave him a eh. <laughs> yeah. No, he's yeah, he's awesome. Uh, anyway, I fun. asked him the question, and it's on the Instagram. If you're not following, check it out. Humble the Millennial. I'm obviously following that. Obviously following it. Um, it says, I asked him the question, how do you break performance-based love? Because mm. that's this state of mind that we, we all seem to have, that you have to earn your father's love because our yeah. earthly fathers yeah. aren't perfect. But you even just said, you admitted to loving your son just because you he's your son right and that's obviously not you're not perfect but it's somehow wired into your heart to love him despite the fact that he yeah he hasn't provided anything or yeah. done anything for you right yeah yeah and so um for those listening who are really struggling to understand that you being a father like describe just how you look at Cade and how that ties for them it's a, that's a good question I mean that it gosh that goes back to the heart of what we're taught in sports from the youngest age right like <clears throat> I was a soccer player growing up and you played football you wrestled mm-hmm. I mean when when did the cheers happen like immediately like well, no no I know that but like in in a game oh when, when would oh, people cheer whenever you did something great right you, or one. you get a first down, you make a score touchdown, touchdown you, yeah. you score a goal, mm-hmm. you, uh, whatever whatever it is. That's like from the age of four when I started playing soccer, like that was built into me that if I did this, this, and this, mm-hmm. people were going to cheer for me. Yeah. And who doesn't love that? Right. You know, like that that feels good. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like a, uh, there's a boosting of your confidence in, in and of like doing something. And so, my gosh, that's like, especially in athletics yeah, and uh, probably anything performance-based, like anything in the world of art, mm-hmm. anything in the world of music, athletics, like anything in that world. I mean, that is so thrust into us mm-hmm. as, as people that that's almost hard to overcome after you stop playing athletics. Yeah. Right. You ever talk to college athletes and they're out in the world at that point. And it's like everything up until that point has been, yes, do this, do this, do this, do this. Mm -hmm. Right. That's just so opposite from the way God works. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the hardest things to break. That was really hard for me to break. Hmm. Tell me about that. Getting out of, getting out of school. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. I went up to, North Carolina had one professional tryout for a team, Charlotte Eagles. May they rest in peace. No, they're still going. I'm sure they're doing a great job. It was an A-League team. It wasn't even like an MLS team. Yeah. I didn't make it. Yeah. Which was a bummer because in college, like, I was rolling and going, and I I thought I could do this, you know? And so, like, letting that dream go, that, that was a shot to the pride, right? You come home, you finish school, and then you're like, in the world and everything up until that point has been like, I want to get awards. I want to get goals. I want to set records. Like I want to do these things because that's what you're supposed to do to be successful 
at that. And, and yet with the gospel, um, to be successful with the gospel has nothing to do with what I can do. Yeah. Right? I mean, you think about it like, think about it in this way, like also as kids, we're taught from a very early age in the church that we're to be weak because he's strong. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. What's the next words? He, I am they weak. They are weak. But he is strong. Or we are weak. Yeah, I am weak, but he is strong. Mm-hmm. And so in the world of gospel, it's really like we have to set aside this idea that it's about us at all. Yeah. And and that's kind of where like, that's kind of where the identity of being a father of like fatherhood starts for me is it doesn't matter who I am in the kingdom as long as I'm his son. Yeah. And so for me then to translate that to my son, it doesn't matter what he does in his life. I don't know what he's going to do. I think Kate's going to be an amazing pastor mm-hmm. one day. Like he's got a real heart of a shepherd that I can see inside of him, but that may not be what the Lord calls him to do. Right. I mean, maybe he just serves his church joyfully right. as an elder or as a deacon or just mm-hmm. as a Sunday school teacher or something. And, and maybe he's in some other realm of, of society doing engineering yeah. or, or something like that, you know, like, but it doesn't matter right. be, because that we've established the fact that it, he's my son. Yeah. And so when, when that's established and it doesn't matter what he does, he's free to do whatever he wants to do yeah. and know that his dad's proud of him. Yeah. Dude, I've, I've seen, I've encountered so many people in my life who, when I ask them, really why are you doing this like hey why mm-hmm. are you in this career why are you working here what are you aiming at yeah and i've like pushed them a lot and i hear so many people say well this is what my dad wanted i don't really care but this is what my dad wanted sure I, and then you get to i get to the root and they'd be like i just want to be my dad to be proud mm-hmm. of me and this is the way i thought he would be proud of me sure if i went and did this yeah yeah you know like for example if if you were to like talk about Cade being a great pastor and like really push that yeah. and talk about how great that would be and blah, blah, blah. He might grow up and think the only way my dad's gonna be proud of me is if I become totally. a, pastor, a pastor. Totally. And so like, what are you doing now to like essentially not let that happen? Because here's my story and the story for many. My dad wasn't there, but somehow I was still working my whole life to get the approval of a father. Mm-hmm. Even I remember, I remember I was in Italy playing football and it was a game where I had like, I don't know, 300 yards rushing or something stupid. And I had, had like, I don't know, 20 touchdowns on the season. And I remember finishing the game and just being like, this is so dumb. Mm. I have like a, how many touchdowns? I don't even know how many touchdowns I have yeah. had in my career over here. And it's just another game with another stat and all these people are like cheering and it's doing nothing for me. And I remember thinking to myself, dude, I just want my family to be proud of me. Mm. The ones that are still alive. Yeah. And then I boiled it down to, man, I just want my dad to be proud of me. Yeah. But he's dead. So that's not going to work. And so that kind of pushed me on that track of, um, finding God and, and, and really, hearing what he thought about me and how proud he was of me. Mm-hmm. And since then that's changed my life. But I see even now, if you have a father or not, 
that 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 tendency to just be like i'm only loved if my dad's proud of me if i do xyz yeah and it's like it seems like it's almost impossible to to make it out of your childhood without end up with ending up with that belief so my question to you is how are you stopping that from happening you know like what 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 do you do to let him know i'm not proud of you because of what you do i'm yeah. proud of you because of who you are and i love you not because of what you do but because of who you are yeah well first let's affirm that everybody wants their family to be proud of them mm. and and i don't think that's a bad thing like I, I think that's one of the things that's built into us mm-hmm. and so i'm i'm not trying to lead my kids to just not ever care about that yeah. or, or, you know, like not ever think about that. Like we're going to think about that. I do something that I think is good now. And I still, as a 39 year old, 40 next month, I still want to call my parents and tell them about it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, like they watch our church online pretty often. Um, my dad travels a lot for ministry um, over the weekends. And so they'll, they'll live stream Highland pretty often going home from church, I just want to call them. And part of the reason I want to do it is it's kind of self-centered, you know, but I want to hear like, hey, did y'all get something out of that? Mm-hmm. You know, like you did a good job, Yeah. you know? So, and, and but I don't think that's sinful No, I don't to, to yearn for that and yeah. want that. I just think it's built into mm-hmm. us. Now it can become sinful. Yeah. It can become destructive to us whenever like, whenever that becomes our main goal yeah as opposed to like i want to steward what the lord's given me and then you know like pray and hope my people are proud yeah you know of me so with with my kids it plays out in different ways so like caroline for instance she's my oldest and she is a darn good soccer player Mm -hmm. really good i always hoped she would play soccer because that's like yeah that was my thing you know growing up and and I was, I was a decent player. She's better than I was, mm. for sure. So my tendency, and I can feel it in my flesh, is to push her as hard as humanly possible so that she can see, yeah. she can succeed, right? And, and yet, I really don't want to live, I don't want to be that guy that lives vicariously through my kids on the sideline. And so, um, and so we just, I, I'm pretty honest about that, though, with her. I'm like, hey, you're doing awesome. Like, this is, this is so cool. I'm glad you love to do this. Um, but Crystal and I tell her all the time, if you decide next year you don't want to do this, that's okay with us. Like, this is, this is super cool, and we want, it, we want you to do this because you've told us this brings you joy. So go on. But if you decide not to play in college, that's not going to hurt my feelings. That's, that's fine, mm-hmm. you know? Um, with Cade and the pastor thing to go back to that, like I'd put no pressure on him mm-hmm. in that. And so we talk, we talk more grand scheme of things. Like I'll ask questions like, what, what do you, what do you think God's calling you to do when you're older? And then I'm like, you don't have to know now, right? you know, Cade, but like, I don't know what, what do you think he's gifted you for? And, and right now, like he has his mindset that he wants to be a computer engineer. Mm. And I don't even know where he got that from. But I can see that. I mean, I could see him being great at that. Yeah. And like, 
he has a mind that works in that way. I do not have a mind that works in that way. I'd be a terrible engineer. Yeah. But I mean, he is so like uh, logical in his thinking. He's so linear in his thinking that like that would work out perfectly for him. Mm -hmm. And so like for, and all my kids have something like that. Yeah. Claire, Claire is a singer. Like she's got a 10 times better voice than I have. And um, I could see her just being an amazing worship leader one day, mm-hmm. you know, but I, that, those are the things that are inside of me. Yeah. And, and my story is not their story. Yeah. And so why, why would I try to overlay what the Lord's done in my life onto their life? I just, as a father, I want to, I want to encourage them in mm-hmm. whatever the Lord has for them. Yeah. So hit me with some practicals on just what are some of the practical things that you do to let your kids know? I love you, and it's not built on your performance. Sorry, I never sent you these that's questions. No, no, that's All fine. the questions I'm asking you that's are fine. not the questions. I, I, I had you. a whole list of like 12 <laughs> questions that I prepared hours for. I didn't. I'm just kidding. Practically, um, the question is practically what I do to let my kids know that I love them and also that my love for them is not based on performance. Yes. Okay. Um, I and <laughs> why are you making this a three-part question now? It's okay. not. It's like that's okay, really one. Okay. It, the question is yeah, yeah, it is. I only wanted. It, I was just going to include Crystal in that. So okay, okay. What are the ways that you practically let your wife and your kids know that you love them and it's not built on their performance? For my kids, um, I still pray with them every night. Most nights, I mean, there are nights I miss, um, but I pray with them. Um, in that prayer, I um, maybe recite scripture, um, and some of the scripture that I would like give to them would be, um, Lord, um, tomorrow as they wake up, fill them with your power for the things that you have given them to do tomorrow. Give them, give them power. Give them a. Um, I thank you for giving them a sound mind, and whatever you have put on their plate tomorrow, uh, give them the wisdom, the discernment, and the power and ability to do those things. Hopefully, in my mind, I mean that's a subtle reminder that one, like you, John fifteen, you, we can do nothing without Christ. Like mm-hmm. as the branch, we have to be attached to the vine. So, if you're gonna, if you're gonna succeed tomorrow in school, you got to be attached. To the vine you've got to let his power be your power mm-hmm. um but at the same time like hopefully it's a subtle reminder that like you have a story and and your story isn't necessarily the story of your mom or dad but it's your story mm-hmm. and um let's get like it doesn't matter what your story is the the foundation of of like laying that on christ and the power of the spirit is the same for all of us mm-hmm. no matter what we're doing i work at a church it's kind of easy to think that, you know, for somebody who works at a church, like obviously he's got to rely on the Lord. Mm. But like, why is that any different from you? Yeah, it's not. Why is that any different from my kids right. going? And so it, to me, like something like that, I'll text them in the middle of the day while they're at school. They're not allowed to have their phones. Um, Cade's not allowed to have his phone at his school at all, but the girls can look at it between classes. And so I'll text them um, reminders of who they are in Christ and just say like, I'm, I'm praying for you today. I'm reading you on today. 
um, whatever the Lord has for you. I, you know, I did that for both girls earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that I guess that would be like two fairly practical things that mm-hmm. um, that I would say. I mean, practical on on like a, another level would be after a performance, um, whether good or bad. Um, I we try not to talk a lot about it. So Caroline has a bad game. Hey, did you have fun today? Cool. Let's go home. Yeah. And then if she wants to bring it up later, great. Yeah. Let's bring it up. But and that and by the way, that's not what I want to do. I want to hash it out. Yeah. Because I I saw from my perspective everything yeah. that went wrong on that game or everything that went right, and I know how to fix that because I am man. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> we can yeah. fix everything. Yeah. And so like I know how to fix that right now. Yeah. And I want to give that to you, but that has never been helpful or fruitful yeah. for me. What, I mean, yeah, I can, I hear, I, ha, I know so many stories of parents who just were so overbearing on their kids when they're playing sports. As soon as the game was over, or we're watching film, we're going to break down everything yeah. you did wrong. And yeah. if you would have done this, you would have been in the game. If you didn't done this play, this, this play would have worked better. Um, the coach is not playing you because blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, like, we need to practice more. We need to do this. Like, I'm going to get you a train. It's just, it's so toxic. Yeah. It's so toxic. Like, yeah. look, you're, I am a, I would say I'm an elite level athlete. You are. Just because you would of, say that. like, probably I've, like one step below me. Just <laughs> maybe half a step. Just, but a, like, just a notch below yeah. Jared Billups. Yeah. Which is saying something. Um, but it, it I means it's not, I'm not trying to be boastful. It's just, I think elite, if you've played it for, 10, 15 plus years and you actually gotten paid to yeah. play it. Yeah. You're, you're, I would say elite. Totally. Um, Top 1%. And so when I say this, I'm, I, I'm saying that to preface, strive for greatness. Like give your all, be yeah. like, give your absolute best. There's, I will always advocate that in every area of your life. But it, there is this, this toxic mentality, especially with parents and children that says, um, it's like if you, if you basically exalting the performance over the enjoyment. Yeah. Cause if you're not enjoying it, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you it's, what's the point if yeah. you don't enjoy sure. the sport, it's like, do something you enjoy. And, well, so and many, how many kids drop out? So many sports at like late high school because yeah. they're so burnt out. So burnt they're out. They're amazing athletes. Yes. They're so good at their thing, mm-hmm. but they're like, I, I don't want to do this. And I never wanted to. It was just, it was just because this, I guess this is how I was going to earn my parents love. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I guess I love that you said, you know, as soon as the game's over, you asked, Hey, was it fun? Great. You know? And so what encouragement do you have to parents whose kids are in athletics or, or are, are the arts and they're, they have a performance. Um, what advice do you have to them, how they should approach it in such a way that, God's love would be shown to those kids sure. and their love would be shown to those kids while still encouraging them to be great. Yeah. I, I think we can converse and we can ask the question like, hey, let's get to the bottom line. What are we doing this for? Let's let's start there, mm-hmm. right? So um, if we can answer that question, for for my daughter, it's because it brings her joy. Like we've, we've talked about this at length, her and I. Like why, why do you do this? Or, or, or even like, a totally different conversation. Write some things out that bring you joy mm-hmm. in life. That's always top one, two, three on her list. Playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Great. Right. That's awesome. That brings you joy. That doesn't bring everybody joy. 
Right. Some people it does. And so I, you know, I think if we start by asking those type of questions, as opposed to just making the assumption that our kids want to be the best, not everybody cares about that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's big. You know, like, yeah, we want that for our yeah. kids. Cause it feels good on the yeah. sidelines as a dad, when your kid scores. Yeah. I mean, that's Silas. Do you, Kids sports is insane. Dude, I can't imagine. Do you know how many games I've been to where like a parent won't cheer until their kid does something? That's so embarrassing, bro. There's just, like there's ten other kids out there yeah. who are like giving their all and you couldn't say anything until your kid did something. Yeah. Like how weird is that? Yeah. You know, but like security. not all kids want to be the best. They don't care that much. Right. And so well, they don't care that much about that thing. Right. Yeah, right. They, there's something else that they care so much about that you might not even give the time of day to care about, but it's because totally. it's not the thing that they care, the parent cares about. Totally, yeah. They're not going to cheer on. It's like, that, that's it. What do the parents care about? Yeah. That's where we get into the unhealthy situations yeah. where all of a sudden that's being like placed on top of a child that this is the most important thing to you because it's the most important thing to me. Yeah. And that's where the pressure comes. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. why why do we do that? Yeah. So my advice would be like, first of all, just take the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Ask the questions. Why are you doing this? If it's the wrong reasons, we need to go back to the beginning and like reevaluate why why and what what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. And then, as a, I think as a parent, you know, like it starts with you. Just it start the taking the pressure off of your kid begins with you. Yes. They've got enough pressure in life. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially today. Yes. There's no, you take the social media world in and of itself, yeah. kids who have social media and, and that is a truckload of pressure yeah. on them immediately that they're just carrying around. I didn't carry that around cause that it wasn't even invented when I was yeah. growing up. Like that's a different type of pressure. And so, why add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to finish this specific section of the podcast with an encouragement to parents, um, even to you, Jared. Like, as someone who I feel like just got over the hump just now in my life, maybe the last couple of years, got over the hump of God loves me because of me hmm. breaking that that tie from my parents and. You know, I only, I only ever felt love when I was successful in mm-hmm. sports. And I honestly, for me, I never really felt affirmed at all by my, my mom. And so I remember thinking as a kid, man, like all these other people in the community are affirming me because of how well I do in sports, but I can't even get it from my, my mom. All I remember was like when I messed up. Like yeah. I remember getting a C. Yeah, I had straight A's and I got a C. And I was like, "What the heck is wrong? Like, how'd you get the C?" And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, you didn't care about all the A's, you know? You cared yeah. about the C." And then yeah, I also remember having that. I remember, I remember even in high school, like being like, "Mom, like, all like our entire community thinks I'm awesome." Yeah, I was literally the the athlete of the year for the entire valley, like mayor's award winner, which is like the top student athlete in community person and but all of it wasn't enough for me and so like giving like i said just getting through that hump parents and you jared i would say 
even if you think, oh, yeah, my kids know that I love them. It's not built on their performance. An easy way to know they know is to keep telling them. Like, you cannot yeah. say that enough. Yeah, that's right. Those words specifically, like, literally tell them, I love you, and it's not built on your performance, and I am imperfect, so it might even feel that way, but God does not feel that way about you. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. So even if I get it wrong, just know that God loves you so much and it's not built on your performance. To me, I think right now, if, if I could, if, if when I have a son and he leaves the house and I die and someone says, what is the one message that you would say that your dad taught you? I want him to be able to say that God loves me so much and it has nothing to do with what I can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. He just loves me because of me. And so like, I, I just want to keep encouraging parents. Like it matters. Like yeah. it matters that you like, like kids are absorbing things. Yeah. They're absorbing. And I'm a testament to this. Like I, I had to strive so hard for so many years to just grasp this simple truth that somebody loves me and it's not built on my performance. And so I chased it literally to the ends of the earth, to Germany, to Italy, yeah. to, to keep playing a sport because I was like, this is, this is what, this is why I'm loved. Yeah. I'm good at something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's my encouragement to, um, to you parents listening, that's good. tell and, your kids. And yet, let, let me just finish that thought by saying there's so much grace. Yes. Also yes. like available because Absolutely. man, like I just listening to you talk about just you growing up, like it, Silas, it's so easy as a parent to find the things to be critical about. Yeah. It's so much easier. Mm. Like, because we, we know kind of what the standard is in our mind. Our kids don't always know that. Yeah. And so like making a C on a test, like it's, it's easy to be corrective because that's reactive. Yeah. It's not as easy to be proactive because you have to think about it in advance yeah. as a parent. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, just like, just know, like, if you're a parent out there, that there's grace for the ways that you have messed up yeah. in that. And and all of us do that. And so I, it's just so easy. It's it's all too easy for us as parents also to, um, to listen to the enemy tell us that we're guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As as parents, as people, as performers, you know, whatever whatever identity like you're you're walking in, I mean, that's one of the enemy's biggest tricks that he has been pulling since Genesis mm-hmm. chapter three. Yeah. You're guilty. And and it's easy for us to receive that condemnation. Yeah. Also. Yeah. I mean that there's odds, grace. Their odds are against you. And yeah, to be very clear, what I also realized was it doesn't matter if you were the best father ever or not present or abusive, no matter what kind of dad you have, you still have to go through this process of realizing your dad, your, your earthly father was not perfect. He never was going to be. And you have to receive God's yeah. love. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You could, you could, and even if you say the messages over and over and over and over and over again, it still has to stick in their head. Yes. And that's not on you as a parent. Yeah. And so for me, even, like I said, I have forgiven my father who was not there. He abandoned us. And I have not only forgiven my mother where she was wrong, but understood she did so good for what she had. Yeah. And so parents who are listening, it's like, 
and my mom my mom struggles so much with guilt like she's just always like oh, i messed up with you kids and i didn't and i was like mom you raised four kids by yourself all of them graduated college and are married have stable jobs mm-hmm. and more impo- most importantly all four of them are walking with the lord yeah without well, it, it, help yes and it is it is crucial that we recognize as parents that we are not going to be the best parents that ever walked the face of the earth. Yes. Uh, we're just, just not, there's, there is definitely fathers who are better than me mm-hmm. in the past and there will be in the future. Right. For sure. Like we messed that up, but it's also paramount that we let our kids see that. Mm-hmm. that like my kids need to know that I am not all that great. Yeah. And when I mess up, I need to apologize. That's so they huge. they can see that like where where did we get off as parents that like our kids can't see that yes that we're human yeah you know so so i've just taken the approach that like man i do mess up and when I, our kids were homeschooled for years and so they got to see a lot of our mess ups because we were around each other a lot yeah so they weren't off at school and then we were messing up at home and then like we put on our perfect faces when they get home and everything was great. Like they got to see the nitty gritty worst parts of our days yeah. for years and years. Yeah. And, and the amount of times that I've apologized to my kids and just said, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I was, I was wrong to yell at you like that. I lost my temper and I'm just really sorry. You didn't do anything to deserve yeah. that. Well, you forgive me. And like, how liberating is that <laughs> yeah. for, for a child? Yes. Too. So, but that's, that's, uh, that's another thing. Okay. We're, we're going to stay on this for a little bit longer. One of the things I've thought so much about as I've gotten older and the more things I come to really realize for myself and I'm like, Oh my gosh, my mom was telling me these same messages like 10 years ago. Yeah. And I didn't get it. Like, what the heck? And so I started thinking to myself, how am I going to be, how, how am I going to get my son to listen to me if I couldn't listen to my mom? And I, I, I don't want to, I don't want my son to get to 28 and finally be like, oh, my dad was right. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'll do it. Like, I don't want to do that. I understand to some level that's just going to happen. But I thought to myself and thought, what would have, what, why didn't I do it? Why didn't I do the things that my mom said? Yeah. And for me, it was because I did not see it demonstrated. Yeah. Like, here, here's the biggest one. Okay. Gospel, gospel, gospel. You're loved. It's okay. Like, Jesus died for you. Blah, blah, blah. Hide your sin. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about these, yeah. these taboo sins. Yeah. That's what that's that's what I I saw. Mm-hmm. So then, when a time came where I started struggling with these quote quote taboo sins, I just hid them. Yeah, because that's what was demonstrated to me. Right. And so it's like, for me now, I've thought about this. Whatever I want my son to be, I need to be that, and I need to do it now, before I have my son. Don't wait to have a kid before you start yeah. being the man that you want your kid to be. Yeah. So. I want to walk around being a man that does not hide his sin. Mm-hmm. I want to be a man who owns his mistakes and like looks people in the eyes and says, this is where I screwed up. I'm not perfect. And demonstrate that now so that when I have a kid, 
I don't even have to think about it. I'm already doing it, and then he just watches me. Yes. And kids just and you you're a dad, so you've probably seen this. They just observe what you do, and then they do it. It's Absolutely. The, it's the whole like, son or hey, dad, can I have some ice cream? No. Dad starts eating ice cream. What the heck? How come you get to eat it? Yeah. Right. It, well, okay. You you know the reason you don't have to hide away is because of Christ. I mean, hiding is the most basic reaction that we can have to sin. What happened in Genesis chapter 3 in the garden? First thing. First thing that happened, they hid. Yeah. And they had been walking in the garden in relationship for however long that was. Yeah. You know, that that they had been there with God. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're hiding. Yeah. And, but but that is the most natural response without Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the reason we don't have to hide anymore is is not because we're men and we're strong. It's because actually we're really weak and mm-hmm. we should be hiding. But like the song we sang on Sunday, my life is hid with Christ on high. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that same verse or in that same song, it talks about when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, that's the condemnation yeah. right? that's happening after... After sin, upward I look and I see him there who made an end to all my sin. Yeah. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. Yeah. In other words, I'm free not to hide yeah. anymore. I'm free to, to bear it all, let my kids see it. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. There's no... Therefore, now no condemnation for those yeah. who are in Christ Jesus. And yet still, even in our flesh, our most natural tendency is to, to hide it. Yeah. Which it, is... Yeah. It's a, it's a never-ending battle. But so, like, dude, this is like... This is why I, I, I want to be this parent. And I'm so... I'm, I'm saying this to parents, but I'm also recognizing I'm going to have to really be intentional to be this parent. If you want your your son or your daughter to understand that the gospel demonstrate the gospel. Yeah. I would say that it is way more power to demonstrate the gospel than it is to just say the gospel. Yeah. In fact, it is it's almost like so so then what what's the gospel? The gospel like, is it's what okay do you demonstrate it, to if them. If you mess up, it's okay to to own that and say, "Hey, I'm loved by God." So yeah. as a parent, you Be- like because it's covered. Because it's covered. It's yeah. like, "Hey, your dad makes mistakes too because he's a sinner i should not have yelled at you like you just said like the fact that you went to your son and said that was on me i failed i sinned against you as a dad yeah be but like will you forgive me that demonstrates it's okay yes to fail because of what christ has done now if it's not okay to fail if the gospel doesn't exist then yeah you should just pretend like it didn't happen or hide it yeah yeah that says so much more to your family and to your kids than living a quote unquote perfect life in yeah. a perfect house mm-hmm. with everything well put together, yes. well manicured. And you set your kids up to be incredible people in society. For me, I could not admit that I was making mistakes. So I deceived myself and I would just pretend. And then whenever someone came to me and like, bro, you're doing this thing that's really annoying people or it's a problem. Yeah. I would just be like, no, I'm not. It's not. No, yeah, you're be- the problem. Yeah, just point fingers back <laughs> yeah. because I couldn't accept that I wasn't enough because yeah. I wasn't demonstrating the gospel. Yeah. I would say it, 
But then when I fail, I wouldn't own it. Yeah. And so people are like, dude, like you're not, you're saying one thing, doing another. Yeah. Because I left my home believing ah, I can't mess up. I can't be insecure. I can't be enough. Or I can't be not perfect, if you will. And so, man, like, oh, I just want so badly to be that. And I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be hard. And it's going to take so much intentionality and support from community and all that. But, like, I, what I do know is that what I'm doing now matters for when I'm a parent. Absolutely. Like, I, me, like, constantly going to people and be like, bro, I messed up. Even now, I'm like, I'm a leader of a business. And, and what I'm realizing is the most effective thing is to go to people and be like, hey, I'm sorry. Can you, like, hit me with some feedback? Like, what, what yeah. am I doing wrong? Sure. Yeah. And that's actually helping because then they're like, oh, he actually listens. It helps the business. It, like, I think a big tendency is to think, oh, if I admit that I'm wrong, that I lose my authority. It makes, that's, me, it that's makes not me weak. True. Yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody wants to look weak. We've but been it, told not to look weak. Yeah. That's, that's like the false gospel of American masculinity. Yeah. Right? Like, don't ever show your weakness. Yeah. And, I mean, it just gets us in trouble. Yeah, 100%. And that's, that's not strength. Strength isn't the fact that you have no weaknesses. Right. <laughs> because the reality is we all have weaknesses. So, yes. So to have, quote unquote, no weaknesses, you're just a liar. You're just a, <laughs> you're deceiving yourself yeah. and trying to deceive others yeah. who aren't going to believe you because yeah. we all at some point know that we're all human. Exactly. So let's let's just be okay with that. Yeah, let's just put it on the table and be like, it doesn't matter what I look like on the outside. You can guarantee you that I have in, I can guarantee you I have insecurities, and you can you can look at me and just I'm going to have yeah. those. And so and yet that's where most warfare comes from the enemy mm-hmm. is that deception. Right yeah. there. Yeah. Like, pr- you got to pretend you're enough. Yeah. Because you don't get to grow or change or be better if you don't believe you have a problem. Of course. And you're not, you're not, yeah. You, you can't. Yeah. And that was me for so many years. It wasn't until like my life fell apart that I realized, okay, I really don't have this together. Yeah. And I really have a lot of insufficiencies and I need help. Yeah. And then what has actually kept me better, like, to like put me on the best trajectory ever is that like when I came out of that season, when my pieces of my life came back together, I kept the mindset of, I don't have it together. I'm so insufficient. So even though my life is kind of put back together and things are going well, I still live as if I am so insufficient. I need God every day and I need community every day. I need my church I need my church so badly and my church needs me so badly. So when I go, I'm actually seeing this as people who I need these people in my life. And this is not something that's like, I'm just going to show up on Sunday because that's like the right thing to do. I show up on Sunday because I need to be there with people. And I, and I know need people need me. Yeah. And then same with the people around me. I need people in my life on a regular basis, knowing what I'm struggling with because I am insufficient. And if I don't say it, then I'm not going to get the help, and then I'll just end up where I yeah. was. Well, I mean, that's one of the that's one of the ways that we fight the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ephesians six, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood; we wrestle against the powers of the dark. Right. Mm-hmm. So Satan comes to us, and he says, "Silas, you're weak. You're not enough. You are guilty." Right. Normally, the way that the enemy works is he tells you half truths. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And yeah. so, honestly, what he's saying to you is true. the truth. It's true. Yeah. And that's why we can't fight it. Like, if he was to tell you a bold-faced lie, like, you pick up on it really quick. Yeah. Like, Sauce, you, you sucked at sports your whole life. That Do I? That, yeah, that's not okay. really going to... You're dumb. Yeah, me. yeah. But but when he says the truth, yeah, it, we already know that. Yeah. And, and that's what hurts. And so one of the ways that we fight against the enemy is we agree to mm-hmm. an extent. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Silas, you have... You're, you're a pervert because you've struggled with these lustful thoughts your whole life. For, right. Well, I actually have struggled yes. with lustful thoughts my whole life. I have. Now, here's what else is true. Yeah. He doesn't tell here's you this. Here's what else is true about me. And so one of the ways that I'll do this, because I can't remember scripture from front to back all the time, is I've got my Bible app. Mm-hmm. And when I'm struggling with something, I'm feeling condemned about something, I'm feeling guilty about something, mm-hmm. I'll go to a, a passage in the Word, and I'll start thanking God. Sorry about that. I'll start thanking God for what's true about me. Yeah. That's one of the ways that I'll fight the enemy. And so I'm I'm feeling weak one day. Yes, I'm feeling weak. Psalm chapter 3. Uh, oh, Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him and God. Lord, thank you that you are a shield about me today. Mm-hmm. Thank you that I don't have to be so strong to fight off my own enemies because you've already done that at the cross. Thank you that um, your word says that the, um, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, and you have given that to me. Thank you that you, Ephesians chapter 1, knew me before the world was even created, yeah. and you have called me to be a son. Yeah. And so all that, that entire prayer just came out of Psalm chapter 3, the very first three or four verses mm-hmm. right there. You just pray that, and that's, I mean, that's how you fight the enemy right yeah. there. That's how Jesus fought the enemy. Yeah. With the word, right? That's yes. our that's our sword. And so you feel condemned, agree, and then thank God for what's true about yeah. you. Yeah. And then what does it say he's going to do? He's the enemy's going to flee. Yeah. Resist and, the and devil, he'll, he'll flee from you and, and yeah. yeah, just use use God's God's words. Yeah. It's like your our words are not very powerful. Our thoughts are not super powerful. But we actually have access to a lot of God's words and his thoughts. Just resist him in his strength. Yeah, just use yeah. God's words. And, 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 and the enemy hates truth because he's the, the father of lies. You know, it's, yeah. he loves to just lie yeah. to you. And That's right. How do you fight lies? Well, the only way you can fight them is with truth. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, I do the same thing. Like, even here at the office, we have uh, – I'm working on building walls. Like, I call them walls. They're just – like I take truth and put them on all these different walls and it's like specific. Cause I had this at my, my apartment in my prayer room before it burned down. But like, there's one right now I can see from here. How, how do you be secure? Well, you unwaveringly comprehend that you are fully known by God and fully loved. Mm-hmm. So when, when the enemy is like, Hey, don't confess his sin because, um, like that you're so, you're so bad. You know, I just think to myself, I'm already fully known by God. Psalm 139 says that when I wake up, you're there. Yeah. It says that um, that you understand my thoughts from afar. Yeah. You yeah. scrutinize my, my where, when I'm gone, when I'm on the road, and when I'm at home. Like Before there's a word on my mouth, behold, Lord, oh, Lord, you know it. Yes. So he's like, he knows me so well. He, knows me. he says he's intimately acquainted with yeah. all my ways, which means that he already knows it all. And yet, Romans 5, 8, 
he demonstrates how great his love for, is for us that while we are at our worst, mm-hmm. when we are in our worst thoughts, most perverted thoughts, most angry thoughts, most hateful thoughts, at our worst, he, he died for us. That's how much he loves us. Absolutely. So, and so. because he's God, he's outside of time. So not only does he know what has happened up to this point, yeah. but he knows what's about to happen for the rest of our life. Yeah. And he already made the choice. He's like, I already know everything, the worst thing you've ever done, and I still am going to die for you because that's, that's how much I love you. And so you just like yeah. can say those things back to the enemy. Yeah. I appreciate you coming, Jerry Billups. Yeah, thanks, um, bro. Can you close us in prayer? I would love to. Father, you are good in so many ways, in so many facets of our life, Lord. You are, you are good. Lord, in the Old Testament it was sung, you, Lord, you're good and your mercy endures forever. And God, we, um, we stand upon that mercy, upon the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, upon the um, oath of God based on your character. Lord, there's so many things we could say about you. But I, I just pray specifically for... Um, the man or the woman right now listening to this podcast who just needs um, a spirit of encouragement or a word of encouragement. Lord, the best place we find encouragement is from the Spirit of God. And so I pray that you would speak directly to our hearts, um, Father, Father, to those hearts especially who need encouragement in this time. I pray that you would you'd give grace where grace is needed. Um, Lord, I pray that you'd give protection where protection is needed. And um, Father, just remind us once more that that because we're your children, we are safe and secure. We have a foundation we can stand on. And so just pray that blessing over anybody listening today and um, certainly over my own life, my own household, for you as well, Silas, and and your household and and Taylor. And um, Lord, just asking your blessing and and your covering over over all those listening today. It's just in the strong name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.